<laughs> Man, it feels good to hear that sound again. Music goes down. Tennis Point, Team Yellow, Pure Tennis Podcast is back. Joe Patton, Nate Walworth. We uh, no, we haven't talked to you guys in a while. You know, the Australian op- the Australian Open just happened. Now we've got. I mean, it feels like that was two years ago. Um, so many events going on right now, and it's 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 almost ho- feels like it's busier when it's not a major than when it's a major because you have to keep track of all these draws. Yeah, it went from the Australian Open to Dallas Open to. Now I'm watching four tournaments. Exactly. No, exactly. It went from the challenge. It went from some challengers. Challenger you had, you matches. Had, you had Columbus. You had Cleveland, and then all of a sudden you have like, Rotterdam was going on. Then you have the Dallas Open, Delray, now Dubai, um, Rio, Qatar, uh, Open 13 Province. There's a, 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 another tournament in Italy. It's just insane. So I've been trying my best to keep up with all of them, um, as well as Tennis Point. We've been uh, pretty busy over there, so it's been good times and. Uh, I've also been playing more tennis than I than I probably have been in the last couple of years. So li- life's been good. Yeah. How, how you been? How, how's the tennis game? I know you still got your court FFs on right now. You're big. You're big on the ASIC shoes and. Uh, I tried them. I'm just. I don't dog on anybody, but the. Um, uh oh, guys! Here we go. Here's a, here's a nugget right here. The. Uh, we talked about this before we came on. Get let them know. The Diodoras kind of just gave me a blister that just never healed <laughs> it just kept re-blistering and it was felt like it was just kind of heavy so I no went, we, we I went back to the old old shoes those aren't yeah but those are still so the court ffs yeah. i know people that are going to listen to this tennis uh tennis point where you know with the, all the supply chain issues it's been tough to get these asics in and i, I apologize because they are tremendous shoes you the, can get them, but they're like stark white. That's all you that, got. <laughs> so between the stark gel, white. between the gel resolution eights and the court FFs, those are two of the highest performance shoes that I've that I've worn in the last couple years. As well as the barricades, the vapor NXTs. I'm a big fan of the ultra shot threes. Uh, the Eclipsions are fi- uh, those are pretty fire. And let's say Nonex. No, yeah, the Eclipsions are fire. I, I like those. Eclipsion. Yep. And then uh, the la- the Lavs. From New Balance, um, those those are some of my favorite shoes of the past two years. But we just kind of ner- nerded out before the but if podcast. You want a light shoe. That's what we were saying. So before the podcast, we nerded out on the lightest shoes because that's you and I both prefer that in, in our shoe. And uh, we, we we found out that the Diodora, what is it called? I can't remember what you, what that shoe's called. Those are like the ones that I just they came. They in just in came red. out. Yeah, yeah. Those things they're, are they're the, red or they're like chartreuse those are kind of chartreuse and black you bought some logs my friend yeah they're 15 what was it 15 8 or 15 6 15 for 10 and a half so with your 11 and a half you're looking at like a 15 8 and when the blood blister too you get that in there that adds weight to your foot you you went did you (laughs) so let 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 us know did you buy this straight based on the looks but was this based on looks or what made you pursue the diodora supply chain supply yeah i i didn't want to get like stark white Asics because I already had them. I got them like two years ago, and then I got the one, the Tokyo ones, um, and I didn't want to get the stark white ones again because it was just like everyone made fun of me because they said that I had like the, uh, <laughs> the old, the Nike shoes. Um, 
So monarchs. The air, the, yeah, because they look yeah. monarchish. You, you wear air monarchs. You get that's that's a technical foul. It's a technical. Every day of the week, my guy. Technical foul. That, they will tee you up. So I was looking it up while we were talking there. The the shoe you have is the Diodora Speed Blue Shield Fly Three AG. Yes. So big time name there. It just um, like I mean, they're, I'm sure they're great for somebody. No, I'm, and, and they and they, honestly, I, I I remember shooting pictures for those. They look great. They're cool. Looking. They, they they look super like. They're pretty fly, but that's a heavy shoe, and that's that's like for me, that's kind of the main thing. I know I've on, on this podcast, and I'm a big proponent of barricades, which are not the lightest shoe, but I'm willing to compromise for one shoe. And, well, and, and to be fair to uh, to Diodora, I got the, uh, I think I was in between sizes. Like I got the the throwback ones from the '90s, and I was wearing those, but I think I had those at like a 12. So like i was like I know I got to go down, so I went down to. I think eleven five, on the new ones. Even though they were just a like they're not a reissue, so like to be fair to them, like I probably, I probably have the wrong size shoe. That's that's fair. But I, I would say the Vapor NXTs. I I'm not someone that wears a ton of Nike tennis shoes, but that might be the best looking shoe on the market. And they're light. And they're light. Like they're like thirteen eight or something for yeah. So and that that's that's for me that's what I'm looking for in a shoe is I want it to be durable obviously it's got to be comfortable it's got to be light like yeah it's I, I have to feel fast in that shoe um, and it's got to have the like toe protection on the like the inner sole it's got to go around yeah, so yeah, you can yeah, drag yeah. your toe around and I'm a big fan of like the sock fit right now which a lot of these shoes are doing like whenever the tongue is kind of disconnected and it's sliding down to my foot that's that's a big no go that's just like I feel like the shoe is not comfortable when you're playing if it's if it's not staying on top of your, so of your you had foot. The, you had the barricades, right? Yeah. I still yeah, those are pretty much done though. I probably won't wear those again. Did you have the 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 issue that had the strings kind of like Yes. Yes. So that no yeah juxtaposed yeah. off center. That's so what the, does that, what the, does that the, do? The elastic strings that or the elastic string holders, whatever you call it, like the little the little grommets for the shoe strings we'll call them for you tennis guys. So basically those things are elastic on the barricades. And I love everything about the barricade besides that. That the is the elastic is not that durable. I'm someone that ties my shoes very tight. I wear two pairs of socks every time, and I have to have them laced up. Like I mean, it's like a death grip. And <laughs> whenever I, I mean, whenever I've tied them tight, I kind of heard it pulling. And like on the same day, both my shoe, like the elastics popped, and it's, those shoes are done now. So um, that's if the barricade can fix that. That shoe will get back into the to its top spot, but I think I'll be rocking uh, probably Asics, and I think I'm gonna try out those Yonics, that new Yonics, um, those Revs, um, the pink and white ones and the black ones, super sharp shoe. Um, but no, I, I've been the shoes have it's with the supply chain. If you're wearing a size ten and a half, eleven, it's it's just torture. good luck. I think my next shoe is gonna be the Nike the Zoom one because it looks like a tennis shoe and it's also the only shoe that's not being affected by a supply chain for some reason. <laughs> so as far as rackets go, how, I, I just made a little bit of a change. Um, yeah, the Yonex E Zone that colorway, seeing all the hype behind it at the Australian Open, I just had to dabble with it and it's I must say this is that that racket's the real deal. You put some Polytor Pro in there. That I cannot wait till the plus comes out, cause that like the, the Yonks came in and talked to us seven percent bigger of a sweet spot. I wasn't really buying it because of the isometric design. Exactly, in the in the straight line grommets. 
I wasn't really buying it, but I'm telling you, my man, I'm telling you. You start hitting the ball with that? I told you. I told you. You did. No. I told you. I hate to break it to you. I told you. I thought you were going to make fun of me because I've been too bad. I told you. I got a freaking, I got the V-Core a year and a half ago. That's facts. And then you ditched your, dude, you ditched Yonix, my man. So it feels like forever ago you you left Team Yonix, but you'll, 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 I'm still, they're still the future. You're still the future. You'll be back, bro. (laughs) So, no. I still use the strings because of you. What? Once no, and once I saw Kyrios and Chapovalov and Osaka and um, Lloyd Harris, Fusevic, I was like, all right, all these guys are going to it. Maybe it's a paint job. I get it. I know everybody's like, oh, it's just a paint job. He's using this. But um, once I saw the hype, I was like, I gotta try it out. I started rocking this, and it is, dude. I'm telling you, the sweet spot is. You can tell. You can tell. Yes, like I, I'm, I'm not like I'm. A professional out here, like hitting a billion balls a week, but but bigger than you babble it because you were using the, the pure air. Yeah, so I need the plus for sure. I, I can't wait till the E Zone Plus comes out. That's I mean, I'll, I'll inst- probably right away. I'm gonna go to that ninety. I think I'm at a ninety eight now with E Zone. I use obviously the pure air was a hundred. Yeah, um, you're used but, to that, like Agassi. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I need that with the with the Yonix. I think I'm gonna get away with a ninety eight because that sweet spot is a little bit bigger. It's a little you're you're not penalized for off centered hits as much, and it's like. This new racket is like they said, like seventeen percent more flexible than the last version of the E Zone, which I don't, yeah, I, I didn't, power. I didn't use that last E Zone, so I can't really speak on that. But and you it, can take us, you can take the returns off the like off the bounce on the come up, just like Agassi. Exactly, exactly. And I will say the Yannick string, Yannick string is highly underrated. I, I I've been polling like as many people as I can on what string they're using, and I'm hearing like from at least from the college players and the high school players. The same string, whether it's RPM Blast, it's Hyper G, um, and it's no no one's really using the polys that Yonix offers, and I I think it's just like it's just not popular in the market yet. I think you know you have companies like Slinko doing these free strings tours everywhere they go, but once Yonix kind of penetrates the market a little bit more, these strings yeah, why pl- are their strings so much? Players better? are going to like they're pl- so much better. They're, they're, like so, the Polytor Rev, a huge fan, eight sided polyester. So much bite. Are those on, the neon green ones? Those are the. I have orange. I are those think, the orange ones? I think they're neon oranges. Yeah, the no, super. I know that. I haven't tried those yet. Polytor Pro, uh, like amazing string. I mean, you just get a lot of like it's. You just you just trust it. I don't know what it. And then the uh, and then strike. I also have strike, which is like a grayish string, and that those strings have been great for me. So I don't know, but I I might be on Yonic string as well. So. I just wanted to um, kind of give some instant feedback. There's been a ton of cool racket releases in the last three or four months. We've had the the new Cla- Wilson Clash is coming out, like a maroon color, super clean. Uh, looks, I mean, it just looks sharp. And I'm not, I, I haven't really used the Clash very much. I've I've demoed all of them a little bit, and it's, it's it's a power racket. It's a little stiff, but it's a nice power racket. Much cleaner look than the last version, in my opinion. And then you have the new Dunlop SX300, but it's basically a pure arrow. Uh, heavy spin, easy pop, light racket. I think Dunlop's got a real kind of um, competitive product right now in the market with that. So their, their marketing's picked up, and I think that's the racket that you'll see guys like you, you have Momo on it uh, right now. Uh, he's a guy that's an American, and he just uh, – well, I need Momo he's, to come he's around. He's working the Dunlop, the one you can buy at Tennis Point. Yeah, at like Tennis Point, yep. just, just came out. And then the other rackets that came out would be the Head Boom. Um, I, I think I spoke on that in the podcast – a couple few months ago, just a super clean power racket as well. Light. It's the head version of of, of like a Bablat power stick. 
It's a thicker beam. You got Coco Golf, Lorenzo Mosetti, uh, rocking that stick. The head boom is that's. If I ever go to a head, it's gonna be the boom, the boom pro uh, specifically. Um, so that racket's awesome. And then lastly, uh, we had the uh, new head speed. So it's that's the one I think I I think the head one. speed is sharp. It's it's definitely a stiffer stick, but I yeah I think actually head boom head speed. Both tremendous rackets. I, I need to test out the head speed again to give a... a that one's a, black and white. Yeah. And yeah. they put more... They replaced the black, basically, with the white on right. this latest version. It still looks cool. You, I'm telling you, you put some black RPM blast in there, white stencil. Yeah, I tried, I tried those. We're, well, that's... You got anything else on gear and equipment? Um, the, I we, think the me, Wilson me and, Blade you is and I could talk the best racket. That, you... <laughs> And I think their cut their custom shop is sweet. So you can go in there and just get a cool blade and customize it. Get all your rackets at tennispoint.com. Get your rackets at tennispoint. But if you, I mean, if you, yeah. they just upgraded the version seven to version eight, so you don't have to customize a version seven like you with no, your but grandfather. I, no, so shout out to Wilson because I do think that is that feature in specific. Like that is just like they are taking their this to another another level, customizing your racket any color you want. Yeah, Every, I mean, who who wouldn't want that option? So hopefully in the near future, all all racket brands do that. But that's that that's enough, I think, on the on the gear talk. I think we, uh, me, you and I are uh, probably nerdier than our audience. But let's let's get some feedback. We got to go with the Australian Open first, real quick. I know it's what two uh, weeks I'm, out. I'm not ready to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> you you got to talk about this. So. I'm still living on like I feel pretty it's like torture. I'm still hyped about it, my guy man. Rafa got to 21. Medvedev just kind of What do you think so I don't know. I, I think that he I enjoyed got, that let me just tell you this. I enjoyed that match. I, I was I had one eyeball open for the first two sets and I was like, "Oh boy, where are we going with this match?" and then you, you just I just kept you just can't give up on that guy. He yeah, he played great. What, what but what do you so you're a big Medvedev guy? Yeah. Do you think he should he have won that match? Yeah. What he, happened? <laughs> so I mean, you got like you're go, go to the plate for your boy Medi. Why did he just cough up his second Grand Slam title in a row? Honestly, in this match, I think that the crowd got to him. Wow. I think because he he likes that stuff kind of. Yeah. No. He's respectful. He doesn't understand why he's like always the villain. You can tell he's just like kind of he's pissed that people aren't just like. You know, being you know fanboy with so, the dog gets. Like, you don't think like he's just people chanting like "Go, no!" I think that's his. <laughs> Go, no dog. And he's like, "I like to, I like to eat the raisins." <laughs> and they just love that. I, but no, like Medvedev walks I, I have on to the ask court, though. and they're just like, "Fuck that guy!" Is he not? Is he not embracing the like? I'm the villain. I'm gonna be the underdog that people probably don't pull for it like I think he in the US Open in 2019 he seemed to kind of like it I like, think he I think he liked that everybody just kind of got behind him a little bit more too because he was fair. such he was such a he was such a class act with Medi is a class act and he's like probably the best interview maybe besides Novak in and tennis probably the best tennis player probably, alive. he's been the best hardcore he's been the best hardcore player for three or four years I'm a big fan of Medvedev and I think he's Definitely underappreciated to some extent. Um, you know, fan like fa- maybe fans do appreciate him so much that that's why they're doing this, but I don't think that's the case. 
But M- M- Mehdi is somebody that's, if you really, like, he just did this, he did a podcast, I don't know, seven, eight months ago with Tennis uh, Warehouse. They're, uh, I can't even think of what the, what the name of their podcast is. Talk Prince, Tennis? Prince Rackets. Yeah, Prince Rackets. So, no, Tennis Warehouse had him on, and I thought he just gave some very genuine answers, and I really enjoyed it. And, like, ever since that interview, I was like, this guy's trying to help grow the game of tennis. How can I not yeah. be a fan of this Does guy? Does Tennis Warehouse sell prints? They do. That's do an they exclusive sell exclusive fiber. They do. I pretty yeah. They do for sure. Mm. That's an exclusive partnership now. Uh, Prince and Tennis Warehouse. So you you won't find Prince Rackets anywhere else. Um, Prince Rackets. Uh, you probably don't need to find anywhere else. So. <laughs> so <laughs> no. I was gonna say it, but it's <laughs> no. Prince is sick, dude. So good. Graphite. Prince Graphite. <laughs> this Phantoms, get dude. The, the <laughs> you and John Isner can be Cerebots. No. <laughs> But so anyway, back to what we were going. Rafa Nadal, number 21, in a match that I felt like he was down and out. And I'm like one of the, I don't know, I'm a huge Rafa guy. And I'm always yeah. believing that he's going to be in it to the last second. But he I mean, turned it I, mean I thought it was, it was over. Right. That match was over. I can see why you're a fan. But I mean, dude, his ability to problem solve is it's insane. Sick. He started drop shotting him and so he corner coffering like he just kept doing it too. And mm-hmm. Medvedev had no answer. He's just like, "All right, I'm gonna drop shot you and do your exact, exact strategy right back to you." At one point, exactly. So I am fat, so good. I can do your thing better than you, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. At one point in the match, Rafa looked up to his box to Carlos Moya with like a a look of just like, what do I do? Like I yeah. I've tried almost everything. Like it was it literally looked at like in the moment I'm like wow he just looked at his box and just gave him a look that meant like I've thrown almost everything at this guy, and then it was maybe a, a game later where he was like the, the kitchen he, here comes the kitchen sink, and he started mixing in the drop shot the drop shot kill and Medi started looking like an elephant coming to the net yeah. and he had him I mean. And Rafa, yeah, it was like you saw Rafa, the next look he shot at his box, it was like, uh-oh, I might have figured something out, and it might not be too late. And it was like he gave I his— I think, too, that like Medvedev, like the night before, became like an internet sensation for telling that Aussie judge where to go. And so like he had this, like—he had a little bit of his like ego, I think, wanted to carry that over because it's the same judge. Yep. And like he's got a tiny bit of that— crowd kind of like getting in his in the back of his head and so he's just going to give the ref one more go because he's he's up two sets on Rafael Nadal and like basically everybody I thought he broke I thought he was going to just walk through that third set Dude, I, think, he, I mean I, Ra- Rafa I was, was down Rafa was I mean Rafa had to hold for a break a, a break at, at yeah and that was it what was it, it was love 40 was it love 40 or love 30 <laughs> It was getting. There. It was love forty, it I might believe. Have been love forty. I, I'm I'm percent sure. We can check it, guys. You it guys can fact check me. We were I'm talking 90... to because like I, that's yeah. I'm pretty sure it was love forty, and Rafa just came up with the goods, and, and it was a huge hold, and it felt like the tides had kind of turned, and Rafa goes from down like almost being down three zero to two one, and I I, I I could be remembering that slightly off, but um, that was a turning point in the game in the match, obviously, and. And then, well, and, and then he and goes Rafa into just, that break, and Medvedev's yelling his, at the but the, fi- but the physicality that Rafa was able to sustain that deep in, into a match against a guy a, a whole decade younger than him was ridiculous. And I just like Rafa was taking it to him down the stretch, and I, I mean, mean it was way better than when he did it with the guy that was almost the same age. 
<laughs> oh man, what? I don't know where that guy's been, but he's they. they yeah, he's weird. He they, disappeared. Yeah, I don't know where he went. That's just come on. I don't know what happened to that guy. Play. Who? Who? What's his name? I don't even know his name. Um, the greatest. The greatest, the greatest guy. Oh, he's got 20 majors, that guy. That guy. I can't think of his name right now, but um, we'll get back to you guys because I'm sure you guys want to watch him too, maybe. Um, but no, he Rob, will be back. And he he's will gonna, be. He's, he's training. Gonna, he's him. coming back. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good. He's training. Yeah, it's gonna be good. He's training at Maradiglo Academy right I now. I feel bad for the first person. Is it's gonna be a carnage trail? <laughs> um, so no, so, so you know it. Rafa gets 21, and just look on his face when he won that major, like. I've never seen Rafa look like that. Like it looked like he was honestly shocked at what he had just accomplished and what he just put himself through. He didn't play for six months. Then he wins a title in Sydney. Then he goes and wins the Australian Open. In my opinion, that's the greatest. Maybe he just needed to take the time off. I guess. I mean, he was in crutches in his cast at, like f- three months ago. It's just like this guy has proven time in and time out that he can do what everybody says he can't do and that's like what motivates him more than anything i mean i i don't i don't there's know. one thing he, he does what does he do what does he do let <laughs> that, him, that everyone tells him to do there's one thing that he does that Djokovic doesn't do <laughs> but other than that like in tennis <laughs> no, you're absolutely right yeah, but there's so, one thing that he does he does whatever they tell him. that's oh my god man <laughs> that hurt me a little bit that hurts me a little bit but no so I mean, I'm just happy for Rafa, though. To get to number 21, a guy that's worked his tail off since he was 12 years old. This no disrespect. Is, this has been, I mean, I just reposted some something that, there's a nice clip from uh, Persian Rafa Nadal Persian fans, I think it was called on Instagram. I, I could be calling that out wrong. But anyway, just clips from when he was 10, 12 years old, 15 yeah, years old. I've seen His those. humility and his just awareness, um, his just how he kind of, his mindset on life and in, in tennis is always been what's kind of made me be a, a huge fan of his and um i just i'm just happy for the guy because i think he actually this is like this is his life he loves tennis as as much as anybody and he's he's the guy now so we'll see if if novak or anybody can catch him i mean i guess it's novak or or bus because i don't think roger Federer is going to be a factor at these slams anymore i know Federer, fed fed express fans no are way. uh no think, think he's got another wimbledon in him no. that would be i mean just yeah that's, be at yeah. Wimbledon. Who's got a better chance of winning a, a major, Tiger Woods or Roger Federer? Be honest. I know Tiger Woods, absolutely. No way. Off this injury, too? Oh, dude. Tiger wow. Woods, way better chance than Roger that's Federer. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you would, no, I think that's, that's a genuine question. I, I believe I believe. Tiger is probably, like, you know, in a different situation in, in some respect, too, is that he's been injured and played back from injury yep. multiple times where Federer – yeah, not as. That's no, that's a fair point. So anyway, that was that. That's Australian Open. I just felt like we needed to uh, touch on that because we hadn't touched on it yet, and, and I think that was just an historic moment, a great start to 2022. Um, last, last thing I want to touch on with Australian Open, Nick Kyrgios, Kakanakis, doubles, Grand Slam champions, two Aussie guys winning a title in Australia, electric. I mean, those guys. I I watched every match they played, and I just. I enjoyed every moment. I mean, those guys put on a show. That was what tennis needed. I think that was like, for me, that's like, I hope when you fans say saw that, that. When you say they put on a show, what would you say is that, um, that turns it up from typical doubles? It's a good question. Um, 
So, I mean, you see most tennis players, I would say 90% of tennis players are cut from a very similar cloth. Like, they're going to go out there, they're going to have some fun, they're going to smile, they're going to um, be class acts, they're going to yell come on, they're going to kind of get themselves going a little bit. But only one player that I've seen tries to get the fans involved and make every fan in that stadium have fun, and that's Nick Kyrgios. And he has Kakanakis as his, as his partner, who's one of his good mates, and kind of thrives off that energy as well. Won't invite it quite as often as Nick, and but he definitely appreciates it. And I think Nick is able to engage and make an audience feel some type of emotion better than anybody else that we've seen in tennis in the last 20 years. And I think, like in my lifetime as a fan, and his ability to just interact with them and make them feel like they're important and to make them feel like they're a part of this um, event going on, it's unbelievable. It doesn't matter if the fan is 7 years old or 70 years old. These fans are invested. He had the whole country of Australia tuned into this doubles match every time he went on the court. He had the pack, He had packed arenas. He had people like Naomi Osaka who don't traditionally tweet about watching tennis outside of what their own matches are, saying how they're tuned in. He had, I mean, he just had it going on. Don't you think that part of that, too, is that, like, Curious is just kind of, like, just a likable person, though? From in like, in uh, my from opinion, for sure. But I, many people in disagree with me. Too, though. And I it's, think from like most people, he's that, the man. Like this is people. We we're, we're not gonna get the big three again. Like we're not gonna have people that are living. You know, they're 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 nineteen twenty. They're living their life. They're balling. They get married. They have kids. They're the top three best players of all time. They're trying to win twenty five majors. They're chasing history. Alcaraz. They're speaking seven Alcaraz. different languages. Like that's not the. That's not the norm. That those guys are outliers. Those Alcaraz guys are, might get Alcaraz might be that guy, but God, we want people that have fun with our sport. And Nick Kyrgios is having fun with tennis. Like, and that's the bottom line. Like, he's having fun, enjoying this game, traveling across the world, making money, playing tennis, and he's and he's doing it his own way. And I'm yeah, I respect it. It's a little bit annoying to hear like the um, people that talk bad about Kyrgios and say the someone that just doesn't put in half of much. His work is like a, as a Djokovic or a Nadal, but he's still like carved out a existing like on the tennis court. It's like one, they don't know how much work he's put in and like what he's guy, done, they, and I, maybe his exactly. training regimen is different than like what? somebody's. But so like he can still perform at like a incredibly high level and a hundred percent. Like I remember but, hearing, um, I've heard Jack Sock talk about it, but in like Taylor Fritz about a year ago was saying how Nick was on his practice court just talking through him, like talking to him through patterns and through shots. And he said, like, nobody has impressed me with their IQ like Kyrgios has. Guys, Kyrgios loves tennis. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a freak with tennis. The game comes natural to him because you can tell he's been around this game and watched this game long enough that he has every shot. His body might not be in the physically best shape possible, but he understands people's weaknesses, people's strengths, what like how to make people uncomfortable better than almost anybody? He just gave Daniil Medvedev quality a quality quality match at the Australian Open where Medvedev so was sweating. But is that so? Is that the difference though? Is like when you get to that top ten world, you need to be a skeleton. You and, need to be. Com- you have to com- be like a robot. I mean, like not to say like no. You have to be a complete. You have perfect to be physical yes, specimen. You have to be though, a, or no one has, exactly. Or you, oh, you're not taking it seriously. Those guys. Like Sorry, Jack. a robot is not, I mean, that, but you have to be so dialed in every day, 365 days of the year, pretty much to, to kind of stay 
at that level for any length of time. Like you'll see guys pop in the top 10 for a few weeks or maybe four months or maybe a year. But to sustain that for two years in a row is insane. Like I would be shocked, like I told you, if Cam, if if Cam Norrie and Rublev remain in the top ten. Yeah, you said they're, they're, I said they're that, gone. Yeah, I, I think both those guys are going to drop off. I think you, we could see Rublev another one. Rublev got through into the semis into Rotterdam. He just he, he almost he almost lost to Gasquet. And he won in Australia. He so. almost lost to Richard Gasquet on an indoor hard court. Ooh, that's that's Rublev's best surface. That's Gasquet's arguably worst surface. Hmm. And Gasquet had him on the ropes. I watched that match. Super quality. I mean, that was great tennis. And Gasquet balled out. Don't get me wrong. Gasquet's a freaking savage. But Andre Rublev, you're a top 10 player on your best surface. 36-year-old or 37-year-old Richard Gasquet. Yeah, you're on the ropes and you sneak away with the win there. Down 5-2, I think, in the third or something like that. Um, that's I don't know. That's that, that's just not not a red flag, but it's it's a flag. Okay, so like like when does that when does the drop? You have to defend your points, right? So like he yes. lost, he won Rotterdam last year, so he loses points no matter what because he won it. Mm-hmm. So now he makes it to the semis, you still lose points, right? Yep. Okay. You lose those points after so, that. Yep. So he like it's going to be harder for someone that's actually been in the top ten to stay there. But it's also just as hard to break into the exactly. Top 10. Yeah, no, yeah, it goes both ways, and hopefully we don't freeze the points again because I would like to see the ATP rankings be accurate. pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah that would too. be cool. Um, but no, so there's just been a ton of action going on. Also, Tommy Paul, did you see real quick? Did you see that shot he had against Istman yesterday? Mm-hmm. Sheesh, early shot of the year candidate. Tommy Paul, love to see it. Delray Beach is getting some good tennis down there. Riley Opelka had a heck of a win against Jack Sock that today. That was great. Watch that. Three setter, um, socks socks looking good. Unfortunately, socks won the first in the tie break. Seven six, then six seven, then six one. Yeah, Opelka. But he was ahead, and like Opelka came in, broke him in the. I mean, it was starting to get like he was. Chinks you in you the watch armor. more chinks that match, yeah. I, I tennis TV that would be huge if you guys could give us some highlights on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's the only event that they're not posting right now. But we've we've seen an uptick in. Uh, higher quality content on YouTube from the tournaments. Getting those extended highlights from the Australian Open was huge. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, no, Dallas Open was awesome as well. Opelka taking that title in impressive fashion over the young American who Opelka at the Australian Open said was going to be the best American, Jensen Brooksby. thought that was kind Watch of, that. Uh, that was pretty interesting. You know, the guy calls me, he's like, Brooksby's going to be the best American. He ends up playing him like a, a three weeks later in the finals of a tournament. Um, yeah. Pretty crazy. Brooksby's how the, world the works. new Aslan Karatsev. Oh, interesting. Because he he's he's rocking the plain white T-shirt and the no branding. Uomo in the uh, Wilson Pro Rush threes or what I think that's what they're called. But Jensen Brooksby, I'm a big fan of him. That's a tough matchup, but nice match. Dallas Open inaugural tournament for them. Happy for Dallas. Tournament went seemed to be going pretty well. Um, other than a few guys, I think Sangren was. Bounce, he was complaining about the bounce of the ball. It's like, he's not bouncing at all. I mean, Sangren has turned into his, his career has been a uh, an interesting in an interesting uh, cycle for the last couple of years. So we've had the Dallas Open, Rotterdam. Shout out to Felix Ajaraliasim. I think I actually predicted that one on the mini break podcast with Cracked Rackets. I saw it coming. You could just Felix he was did, which keeps the streak alive. It keeps the streak alive, guys. If you guys pay attention to any of our predictions. It's all that matters. We just got to get one. We got to get one of us to hit it. Yep, and we've been hitting. So yep. Felix plays good ball in Australia. 
goes to Rotterdam. You, you could just tell from the, like I said, I read into the social media stuff way too much, but that's what I do. And I just could tell that he was ready to be there, yeah. excited to be there. He was posting just like hype videos and him practicing and stuff. I could just, I, I kind of felt it. He goes, wins the title, dominates Steph Sitsipas in the final, four and two. And there you go. Felix gets his first title in the place where he got in his first ATP main draw. So pretty crazy how his career has kind of come full circle in that regard. That gets the monkey off his back. And now he's playing in Marseille's, Marseille's and he just had a nice win against one of his childhood heroes, Joe Wil- Wilfred Songa. Um, just pretty cool. He said eight-year-old Felix on his Instagram post, he said like an eight-year-old Felix would be, uh, would be thrilled with this match today. So just cool to see how those guys respect the guys that come before them. He mentioned how, you know, he's like, there wasn't many um, guys that I looked forward, like, looked forward to playing when I was on tour, but Songo was one of those guys. And happy, happy for Felix. Yeah. And speaking of Australian Open, not to go back and rewind, no, go ahead. but you, you, predicted, Open was you awesome. predicted Nadal, probably because he's your favorite player. But we got both right because I predicted Barty. So. There you go. There you go. Barty, Barty, we didn't touch on the women's, which we should have. We should have, but Barty, yeah, we, I did call that. Yeah, you, and Barty freaking bald. I mean, that that was just an insanely high-level tournament from her start to finish. And, I mean, there was so many, like, Mass and Keys it was playing so well, and it didn't matter. Barty blew past her, and, in the, I mean, it was just, I, I, I was impressed with what she did because I thought she was going to be tested, but she really handled everybody um and then in the final against danielle collins who obviously was playing amazing tennis as well yeah just didn't have like has firepower but not not enough didn't have enough not enough it looked like i was kind of pumped to watch danielle collins danielle collins is tough yeah and just because she's come out you know she fights for every point i love her intensity she's just a nasty competitor but But there was miss something was missing she got she got bullied she did i mean Barty is on another level right now, and I mean her. I don't. I don't even know what to say about her because everything is so impressive. Her movement, her forehand, yeah. her backhand, her slice, her slices. I don't even know anybody besides like Jab- Ans Jabur or anybody that has even close to a good as a slice backhand as she has. She keeps the ball so deep, so low. It, it, it's just she she trusts it so much from defensive positioning or offensive positioning. And then her, she has the backhand when she needs it too to come over the top. Her volleys are solid. She feel I feel like she's out when I watch it. Like I just feel like she's out throttling. It's like a little she, deeper on every ball. Yep. She's kind of pushing people. She's around. in complete control, and yep. you can just tell she's very content with where she is. And like it almost seems like her life. Every, she just seems so happy on the court. Awesome to see her she's celebrate with, with the people. House money now. She, she is. It's like she just seems so like free out there swinging. Right. Right. And her game is just there's it's not tense at all. Everything seems to be just flowing. Um, Barty put on the show down under, so I'm glad you brought that back up. Actually, yeah. Well, I just kind of trying to brag that we were we still have a we still have one of us hitting we're gonna, each hey, tournament. Guys, we're gonna be back on this podcast in a in a more frequent matter because we need to get our predictions out here more often. Because yeah. I, I enjoy that aspect of the show just because I feel like we we we've. We're so tuned in with with tennis right now. It's just like because it's so much fun. There's so many storylines. We got to give predictions and see how many we're actually hitting on these. Because um, yeah. I feel like every week it's a new somebody else is lifting the trophy. <laughs> I saw a lot of beef. Um, not I don't know if I should call it beef, but on Twitter a lot of people were complaining about 
how there's like four or five ATP tournaments going on this week, but only one um, WTA event, which is in Dubai. Yeah, and how, I saw that. And how the men have way more opportunities to why make money. Why did it get sent to us? I, I don't know why that got sent to us, but it got sent to me a few it times. It got sent to me, too. And I was just like, I mean, yeah, that is, okay. that's, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't definitely. Aren't you outraged? Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's like I get I get where you're coming from if that's if that's where you're going with it, but I mean I think that's just where the spot like sponsorships let, and stuff. I don't the, know. Let the pro women decide. It's they, their tour. I, that, I, I do wish tennis. I don't know that you can't do it though. But it's like there's so much division in like how how many like how many parties have power. Yeah. It's like there's so many. It's just too many organizations right now in tennis. I feel like we need to simplify it. It's like there's tennis TV, there's ATP Tour, there's WTA, there's Tennis Channel. Tennis TV, it's just like everybody wants a piece of the pie. I get it, but um, yeah, we need we need to all look out for each other. And somehow, the only thing I am passionate about is like find a way for the top 300 ATP and WTA players to make a hundred grand. Like, they, is that, is that too much to ask? A hundred grand for the top, like in that range, like somehow. And they're making that. You, no, no. Anybody from like two hundred to three hundred. Yeah, but you could. No. Yeah, well, not maybe in tournaments, but they're probably making it if, if they would. If, if we they can would, help them, if they would use no. their like. Yeah, but they're not even. Cl- that's. I don't think so. I. I, I would. If be, you make it into the top one hundred. Well, there you. That's a different ballgame, and you're and, and you're still not. But that's like kind of like tennis is like tennis is more like boxing in that respect is that like if you're not in that top like contender area. But you're traveling. They're the damn, not really yeah. a pro. Yeah. Like it's just a different world. There's a pro level of people that are challenger pros, and then there's pros. That's fair. That's fair. And that's it's just like, like I, I, I want to like, see more guys that are. I, I watch just like these a lot of these top players in college who just go on and decide not to pursue. I'm like, damn. Like how can they not right. start playing the futures events and challenger events and see it? Like that's a damn good six four, six five, good athlete. And it's like these guys, they're realizing that traveling the world, trying to make it, and win matches just to get a little breakthrough is not something they're willing to pursue for that type of money right now. So if, if you it's make true. it a little more enticing, I think you're going to get, I don't know. Cause it's like the, some the top guys are getting so much money and it's like, I guess true. it's just the, the, the big dogs eating the, everybody else is kind of battling. But no, if you get into like, if you get through the first round of a slam, you're set. There's your hundred grand. Yep. No, that's facts. And that's and like, those are like the, like, I mean, tennis as a sport, like go back to Bill Tilden, like they were playing four tournaments a year. It's just the way it is. Yep. And then they added all these other things because I want to watch it because yep. it's awesome. But like, unless there's like a demand for it, like, um, gotta start putting fans in seats again. Well, and if, if they can't, like, they need to like, if they're gonna do a tournament, it has to be subjugated out into like, there's only one winner of every tennis tournament. Yeah. So like, all these guys to play a whole tournament takes up what of two weeks so it's just there's just not enough there's not enough time to watch all of that and so i think that tennis as a sport is different than like you're doing the entire nba finals in two weeks yeah like you're done no yeah these events are a week long and then the bigger ones are two so yeah yeah. or the entire playoffs i guess yep Yep. but it's just over and over again so that's true so no, I think the last thing we we, we is there any other tennis that you want to talk about? <laughs> any of these events? I think I think we kind of wrapped that we up. Yeah, maybe we're talking you, maybe about doing that wooden racket uh, oh, tennis tournament. Oof, oof, we do need to get back to that. 
But let's we're probably we're probably pushing oh, our, we're probably pushing our limits here out here tonight. But let's let's uh I, w- I just want to wrap up with one thing, guys. Tennis point. We launched our ambassador program uh, the last two weeks. Uh, something I've been working pretty hard on and trying to get organized because it's a huge opportunity for in, for anybody. I mean, you can be a college player, high school. You can be a, a recreational player. Does not matter if you're someone that wants to kind of get into um, into the gear and 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 kind of technology aspect of this game, and you want to promote what you're what you're using on the court, you can do it. It's it's just a super cool app. It's called Indie, and it allows these people. Our focus has been on college athletes to just use their name, image, and likeness to profit and really kind of showcase what they're using to to help their game. So it's it's been cool to launch. Right now we've got um. Zach Thomas is is known as the Foot Doctor on YouTube. You guys check out his page. He's got a big following. He's been crushing it for us, and we just signed a partnership with him. But it's just been really cool to watch him, how he's kind of integrated integrated Indy into what he's been doing. And um, week one, I don't know if he'll care if I say this, but um, he's, he's, he's closing in on make, making a grand with, with Indy.com. So it, it's you guys are very influential. It don't have to be a macro influencer. You can be a micro influencer. People are trusting you guys. I mean, especially the guys that you guys have the credentials to do this. So if you guys have any interest in that, go ahead and reach out to me. Um, you guys can follow, get us on social media, tennis underscore point underscore USA, or my personal, um, at Nate Walworth. Uh, that's W-A-L-R-O-T-H. So let me know if you're interested. We've had a good amount of people already reach out. Uh, and that's just an exciting time for uh, for college athletics and the ITA. So some, yeah, it's some, something Nate some, cares a lot about. It is, and that's – no, I think I, I appreciate it because I think that's something that if, if if college tennis can be better, the world would be better because it's 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 the best way to play tennis and that template is is perfect. But anyway, guys, appreciate you guys for tuning in, and uh, have a great weekend.